Russell's Reserve Aged 10-Year Special Edition Coffee Slurp. Good morning. Wow. Ooh. Oh, it's like a blast from a past. It's getting reacquainted with an old friend. We're back in the AM. We are. We're back. Wow. We're, you know who's not in the AM? No, never mind. Um, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Matt, oh, I was going to say, say Anthony Gar- Matt Lauer. Oh. Matt Lauer is not in the AM. Uh, I was going to say Anthony Gargano. Uh, I was looking through our Google Analytics yesterday, and um, it's just some of like the incoming search results. And if anyone is wondering just uh, whether or not Radio Wars is popular, of our top five incoming search results uh, in the month of September, uh, number one is Crossing Broad, always. Number two is Anthony Gargano with 8,818. Number three, Crossing Broad. Uh, number four, Mark Farzad in 965. And number five, Radio Wars. So three of our top five uh, incoming search results had to do with Radio Wars. Uh, 8,800 just from Gargano. I think there was a total uh, next to that. It shows you the impressions, not necessarily the clicks, of 17,000 searches for Anthony Gargano in the month of September in Google. Uh and 8,800 of those landed on our website. So, uh, yeah, people are interested. Man. Man, oh, man. People, well, Anthony Gargano, may you rest in peace wherever you go, whatever you do. I will be right here waiting, not for you. Do you think Farzad is going to be any good? I... Really quick, do you think Farzad is going to be any good in the morning? Is it going to matter? I don't know if it matters. No, I don't think okay. he's going to matter. I think that's a good way to put it. Okay. I don't dislike him. I think he's fine, but I... I'm, I find that is a very, I it's a very surprising move. Uh, I, I mean, I, I have nothing against Mark. I think he did a good job with Anthony, and he does a decent job on NBC. But like, I feel like in Philly sports, we have this habit of just putting made men. I've talked about this before into positions. I guess we haven't had a show since all this happened. Um, you know, just into positions. Like once you're kind of in the club, you're in the club. Like G Cobb is doing Eagles post game shows on Fox. Like. He just exists. Like once you kind of exist in this sphere, it is very hard to get to not exist, if that makes sense. You know, like look at Rob Ellis. Like how many jobs are you going to keep bouncing around from until eventually he just keeps losing all of them because he, he's not really any good. Um, you know, so I, I – and it's not to say Mark's not any good, but he had a role on Angelo's show. Like I just don't think he's like a, a guy to lead a morning show in a major market. Like there's a – that, I don't think that's even offensive to say about someone is like, hey, you're you're good. You're good on the air. You should be on the air. You have a place on the air. But you're probably not the you know material to lead a morning show in a major market that cares about its sports. That's a you know that's a big jump. There's not a lot of people who you'd say that about. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't think it's going to matter. Angelo's going to do his thing till it runs out, and then you know we'll see. Obviously, radio becomes less and less important, but those morning shows still make a ton of money. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when Angelo's done. I don't know. That's all I got. I don't know. If, like, Farzetta is not a caricature of a person, which that's been my biggest issue with Gargano for the longest time, the reason that I don't listen. Um, I, it's not like John Marks was the reason that I was listening to that show in the morning, but I felt like he was at least level-headed enough to make it not totally annoying. Um, and then seeing some of the reactions on the site and then on Twitter – just kind of seemed like a lot of people kind of got got over the shtick of Gargano and like the meat locker and I, and I don't know. Look, there are certainly people who care for that kind of stuff. I'm not one of them. There are certain people. Uh, I'm sure that there's a crossover between that cross section of human beings and some of the uh, the Eagles fans that I sparred with on Twitter yesterday. But like, whatever. Um, 
Gargano's just I, I think that act has kind of run its course. And honestly, like I, I don't ever want to hear anything like it on the radio ever again. Um, for every kind of person who, you know, likes listening to the, the faux South Philly, you know, kind of Guido thing. Like, I, I don't know who tunes in for it. I'm sure that there are people, but like, to me, that kind of speaks to an antiquated model of, of what sports talk radio used to be. And Angelo's got his own shtick and you might like it. You might find it annoying, but like, I, I would take Angelo nine days out of 10 and I still, it's not even like I enjoy Angelo's show all that much. So maybe as far as that, it just yeah. goes in and like does a level headed show. I know that like morning shows but, are supposed to kind of be over the top, but like if Arzetta goes in and like just kind of gives you like level headed sports talk, like I, I don't know if that's the worst thing in the world. But here's the thing. And you know, with Angelo, like, yeah, he has a shtick and it's completely over the top, but he he's actually, he's really talented. You know, I, I think the stuff he writes for Philly Voice is, is garbage and, like, you know, classic 20 years ago stuff. Um, but on the radio, that, you know, that sort of over the top thing can work. It's entertaining and he gets that he's an entertainer and he's talented at it. I think if you just go in, if you're Mark and do a middle of the road show, like that's, to your point, that's not what you need in mornings. You need some sort of energy or, you know, the alternative right now is if people want to listen to sports is they're going to put on BGN or this podcast or Ricky Sanchez or any of our crossed up, you know, crossed up or any of our crossing broad podcasts or any other podcast, even if it's not sports, right? Because you want to get some sort of different and unique conversation or something that is smart. Um, that's not, you know, something that it goes a little bit more in depth about something you care about or talks about offbeat topics like this that, you know, you're not going to get on, on the traditional sports stuff. If you just go in and do a middle of the road show, then what value are you adding? You're not entertaining people. You know, Angelo can at least kind of wake you up with your coffee and you can have some fun. You're not getting super in depth. You're just sort of talking about sports. And I, and I feel like Farzetta is kind of not a caricature, but he is a character. I mean, he does does or did the 700-level show. Him and Amy do the, the new version of Philly Sports Talk, which, quite frankly, I think is kind of terrible. Not because, you know, it used to be kind of a destination, and that format has probably run its course, but, you know, some of the guests they have and, and the, the, the concept of the show is still not a bad one. Um, I think its biggest problem is you look at the time it's on, you're not you know, it's kind of geared towards people who've missed things throughout the day, but most people who work aren't home yet at that hour. Bingo. And you're gearing it towards like either much older people or younger people who are around. The thing with Daily News Live is I bet you that had a pretty young audience in the late 90s and early 2000s because, you know, I'd watch it after school. I was home. My dad wasn't home yet. You know, working parents aren't home yet. Now, younger people are not sitting down and watching linear TV at 5 p.m., so I think that's part of their problem. But you look at Mark and, like, him and Amy try and do this, like, little lightheaded, goofy shtick. I think that is part of his thing is a shtick. Like, Google Mark Farzetta, half the pictures are him standing at Steven Singer with girls in foam baths. So he is a creature of the Angelo show. Like, he got his start doing Angelo's The Intern, and by the way, in which he beat me. It was the first ever, and I was the first one kicked off because I was too shy. Um, go figure. Uh, Imagine how that's kind of his shtick. So, like, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's just coming on to give you like smart, in-depth sports takes. Like his thing is being a radio guy, and he's okay at it. Like he's got a spot on radio, but I don't know. And Gargano's shtick, I you know, I, I always felt that was better for middays because he he doesn't over prepare. 
you know, and whether or not you like that old school Italian shtick and it's an old school thing, you know, it, it it's a little more comforting in the afternoon. You could put it on at work. Um, it's it's not like appointment listening. Um, morning shows, you really got to be on. You got that's you got the most listeners. You got people that are groggy. You got people that are sitting in traffic. Like you really got to be on if you if you're not bringing something to the table. So and this I, is, I don't know. I just this is, I don't think you can play it middle of the road. And I don't think Mark's the guy to go like in depth. So I, who knows? And this is uh, once again coming back around to uh, hey Josh. Josh Ennis, I know you're listening. This is why you screwed up, you nitwit. Mm-hmm. This is where you blew it. This is where if you had any kind of, you know, long-term view, you wouldn't have blown your opportunity in Philadelphia because nobody, I think, would have been a more perfect uh, person for a morning show than Josh Ennis. And um, I <laughs> I don't imagine he's ever going to come back to Philly. Um, I guess he'll just enjoy being on the AM channel in uh, in Houston. In his talent, and I, it, you know, to what we're talking about with Angelo, Josh is clearly a talented guy. Like, th- there, he has morning show talent, no doubt about it. He's sharp, he's entertaining, he's energetic. His problem, just like you said, never get out of his own way. Nope. And just, he's never going to get out of his own way. It's, I don't think it was a mistake here. I just think that's his personality, which is a shame because he actually is talented and can be. You know, funny when I he could wants have, to be. I could have honestly Let's seen him having like a 15-year run where he runs like a Preston and Steve-esque show because that was the kind of stuff that I thought he and Bruno were so good at. It's a shame. Anyway, yeah, let's talk about this uh, this Titanic loss to Tennessee. At this point, you just make Preston and Steve a sports show. Uh, free idea. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, let's, actually, no, they're so damn popular. I wouldn't touch Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't mess with that <laughs> you, show. You'd be a fool to touch that. Yeah, yeah. they're always number one regardless. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about the Eagles. Um, they lost. They're two and two. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. I, Breaking news. I'm not re- Breaking news. The Eagles lost. Da, 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 da. I'm not ready to say the sky is falling. I think I'm still going to be a little bit of an optimist and give them a longer leash uh, here than maybe they deserve. They haven't really played well yet at all. Uh, I think defensively, we want to shit on them defensively, but they've had long stretches this year where the defenses kept them in and uh, put the pedal down in some cases i mean for a while there yesterday they didn't look like the titans were, were going to be able to do anything so i don't think the oh my god this defense is dreadful is a good take i think there's genuine problems with the secondary i think jalen mills has just been awful you know whether you want to hand and and darby can't tackle and uh I think if you want to cherry pick certain plays and say, well, this actually wasn't Mills' fault, even though whatever, I know that was the case a couple weeks ago, and then Malcolm Jenkins missed an assignment, like, stop. Mills has has not been good. When every time the opposing team gets a big play and Mills is the jersey you see, there's a a pattern there. Uh, He he has not played well, and that's disappointing. And... Um, I think we're still waiting on Sidney Jones to be what we thought he could be. And um, that said, Malcolm Jenkins was absolutely terrific at parts yesterday, including in overtime. So he seems to be getting better with the more Asian advocacy he takes on. He gets better. I have, I have a lot of concerns. Um, Are you going to boast about the fact they're two and two? No, I look, I, okay. I no, I, as you said, they can go one and three, two and two, or three and whoa, one. And, I, and you just chose the middle whoa, ground. Whoa, 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 Teddy Roosevelt! I think you're misremembering. Um, the the whole thing, and if you recall, this was like about I don't know a month ago. I said that like I I kind of figured that Foles might start the first four games, and I said if you end up two and two, it's fine. You got kind of upset about it, 
Um, and then you kind of like went on your spree of, you know, well, they could go one and three or two and two or three and one or four and oh, like whatever. Um, two and two is about where I kind of thought they would be. And I, for me, the sky's not falling. They just have holes. The thing that I don't understand, and I and I this is I think part of the problem that I just have with with you know certain segments of the Philadelphia Eagles fan base, is it seems like these these people who have spent all off season making jokes about forty one to thirty three um, off of innocuous tweets, I think they're starting to like come to this like weird kind of uh, fork in the road where it's like, well, hold on a second, this is the Super Bowl champion. Uh, they should be better than this. They shouldn't be losing to teams like Tennessee. And then there's like another segment that's like, well, it's okay. You know, they won the Super Bowl. It doesn't really matter. They'll eventually get it together and they'll be fine. There's this like other road that I think people need to acknowledge, which is like right now the team's not as talented as it was when they won the Super Bowl. They had losses. They've lost guys to to injury. They just got Alshon Jeffrey back, who, you know, I spent an entire season saying I wish they got involved in the offense more. And he looked awesome yesterday. For a guy who's coming off of, uh, rotator cuff surgery, who also apparently had, you know, stomach virus and uh, to quote Jimmy Kemsky, the uh, Hershey squirts yesterday, he sure did a good job. Um, but I-, I need people to be honest about this. Do we really think that the running back core as currently constructed, which hasn't been able to stay healthy, uh, see Corey Clement, Darren Sproles, and even Jay Ajayi, who's playing with a fracture in his back. I'm concerned about what the running game Funny is. Funny thing about Jay Ajayi's back, Jules. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned, and I know that they've had success running the ball so far this season, but they haven't gone up against many elite defenses. Um, I I do worry about the the long term ramifications of of not having a real healthy stud back. Um, but more concerning, I think, is the fact that we're in a situation where we're kind of relying on Jordan Matthews, who was picked up off the scrap heap, to be a receiver. We don't really have depth at safety. If if Corey Graham is going to be the guy, then you know, hopefully, uh, over the next few weeks leading into the bye. He'll be able to get himself adjusted to that role. But, you know, McLeod goes down and it's poorly timed because he goes down right after Eric Reed signs with Carolina. Then you think, well, maybe the Eagles are going to go out and they're going to make a call to Seattle and try to get Earl Thomas. The report yesterday had been that the Seattle Seahawks were looking for a second round pick and a good player. Well, Earl Thomas goes out and fractures his leg last night, flips off his sideline. So uh, there goes that option. Right now, it looks like you have to roll with what you have. And unfortunately for the Eagles, like I'm not seeing anything depth-wise that makes me think that you know the secondary is in good shape. Safety is obviously concerned, but so is outside corner. You know, we talk about Jalen Mills, but like Ronald Darby hasn't looked that great since Week One uh, against Atlanta. Now he did a great job of kind of taking Julio Jones out of the game. He's physical, and and that's fantastic. But it felt like our cornerbacks had their head on a swivel. And as much as I like to, you know, commend Malcolm Jenkins on single-handedly willing that team to not, you know, falling apart in overtime, it does also kind of speak to the fact that, like, these corners have not been reliable, and that is a significant concern. I didn't even mention the offensive line, which, you know, nearly got... All right, hold on, hold on. You're doing your bounce-around thing. No, I'm done. You're doing your bounce-around thing. That was it. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I I think the McLeod injury is is the biggest problem of anything. Um, You're right. Like, the corners were never great. I don't think anyone was fooled into them being great last year. The defensive line is so good. Uh, the linebacking play is generally pretty good, despite the fact that it, you know, you, you never really feel like it should be. And I think the corners last year were good enough uh, with decent safeties that they were able to, to mask and paper over a lot of things. They didn't have to rush as many men, so they were able to keep more men back and, and all of that. I think McLeod clearly going to be a an issue here um 
but in terms of like, you know, you mentioned the offense and guys not being healthy and them not being as talented. I, I don't know if they're not as talented. I mean, we've talked about this before. Just look at the Super Bowl. How many guys are, were injured in the Super You know, were not part of the team in the Super Bowl. Like, you know, you're talking your buddy Jason Peters. You're talking Darren Sproles. You're talking Carson Wentz. Um, uh, who am I forgetting on the defensive Darren side Sproles. of the ball? Darren Help Sproles was hurt. I said, I said Sproles. Um, Jordan Hicks, right? And But see, know, okay, can, can, can I just uh, dispel this? This is the thing that I, I have the issue with. So that's the thing that it seems like a lot of fans have been trying to, to hang on to on Twitter, that, well, they, they had all these injuries and they, they kept winning. They, they didn't win because of guys like Halapula Vadi Vaitai and because of Jalen Mills. They won in spite of them. They're, these aren't guys exactly. that... Exactly. Like, and now the, they got the top guys but, back in a lot of those spots. Yeah, but then shouldn't we be concerned that the offensive line caved yesterday routinely? I mean, there were at least two or three sacks yesterday. Now, I didn't go back and watch every play. Uh, I didn't break down the All-22 film. There were at least two or three sacks that were set up because Wisniewski came over to chip Peter's guy. And a guy went right past him. Now, maybe that's a coverage. Maybe that's a, a, a blocking scheme that was just designed that way. And Wisniewski, it's it's on him for not picking up his guy. But I, I don't know if it's that the team is constantly sending help over to, to help Peters chip his guy. But that was a, a, at least a little bit concerning to me. Look, if if we're kind of talking about the fact that like last year they were so good at, at overcoming injuries, we should be deeply concerned with the fact that we had a fully healthy quote-unquote offensive line and and they got Carson killed I mean he was he was hurried what 13 times he was hit eight times it felt like Carson once spent more time on the ground than Nick Foles had in the first two weeks like it's that is deeply concerning to me and you don't have this is the thing that I've been coming back to so often they haven't addressed the offensive line really in the draft so it wasn't like you could say hey was Newski struggling Let's pop, you know, this guy in. Like, let's pop in Mylotta. Well, he's not ready. He's on your roster. He's obviously not ready. They they don't necessarily have somebody who can plug that hole. That to me is what's concerning. It's you know, it's either these guys aren't as talented or they're they're just, you know, in a in a poor form. But if they're in a poor form, you need to have somebody who can come in and, and kind of stop the bleeding. And it, based see, on I, yesterday, I, it doesn't look like they have it. See, I wanna I wanna go in a different direction like this, and I feel like I'm gonna play the the old the old Adam role here. Sometimes you have to give credit to the other team. You know, there's a reason why the line looked its worst of the four games yesterday, arguably. Um Titans have a really good defense. You know, it was a game on the road against a good defense. It, you know, sometimes you gotta give the other team credit. I'm not saying you can't um do things to counter talent or or an opponent, but Tip your hat to the Titans a little bit. That that is a pretty good defense, and I actually think that's going to turn out to be a, wind up being a pretty good team. The more we see of them, um, even yeah, though I, six, I think their offense stinks. And then the other part allowed. of that is they're six in points allowed. They're seventeenth in in yards per game allowed. Okay, it's four so, games. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, they're, they're I, they're I don't buy into the the they're rankings after four games. But the other problem is, you know, to your point, like the, uh, they're not playing. There is no consistency here. You know, I mean, just look at week one, right? So I was watching Sunday Night Football last week, and they had the picture of the bus. And the Eagles' two players of the games, uh, the game were Nick Foles and Darren Sproles. Neither of those guys have played in the last two weeks. So think about that. Just in the first month, how much, you know, a little bit of churn there's already been on offense. And you're, you're kind of churning back to your starting quarterback. And Sproles is an X factor who clearly, when he's healthy, impacts the game as he did in week one. So there's just no consistency. Like, look at the team that lined up in the Super Bowl five games ago, right? Nick Foles, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, 
Um, you got Halapuli Poly Vitae on the left, right? And now you get you put Peters back in. Sproles is back, and then he's gone. Wentz is back now. You got Ajayi. You don't have Blunt anymore. You have a new set. You you got you lose Selleck, and you you put in Goddard. You have Jordan Matthews there. You've let go of Torrey Smith. Your other your replacement got injured, so now you have to to replace him. Like they're going through a lot of change. And that's not to say it's it's all been good. I feel like now you got essentially three slot receivers in Ertz, Matthews, and Aguilar, uh, and one guy who's truly good on the outside in Jeffrey. But, you know, Jeffrey gets his first game back this week, so there's an adjustment period. This is still only Carson Wentz's second game in a calendar year. He's going to get better. He yeah, missed see, an you're, entire— I think you're focusing on, on, on the, on the wrong finish. side. Uh, let me finish. I, I know, but you brought up the offense, and I think, look, the offense is not, you know— when we think about that team at the end of last year, they were an offensive juggernaut at times. And we look back, you know, and we're looking at them now, they're a shell of their former selves. And I think offensively, a lot of it just has to do with consistency. And yes, I'm concerned they don't really have a true second outside receiver and, you know, whatever. But Carson Wentz is going to improve. The line's going to gel a little bit better. Hopefully, one of Sproles, Clement, or Ajayi gets healthy enough to play consistently and get more work. But Smallwood has played well in his spot. So, like, I just think offensively it's more consistency than anything. They're around as talented as last year, more so than the end of the season because just because by virtue of having Carson Wentz back. Defensively, yeah, it's a different story, and ultimately it comes down to McLeod. Like, you have a very talented line. Your, your linebacking group has probably gotten better with the addition of Hicks. And... You know, it's the secondary. To me, it's the secondary that's that's it's it is the issue, and it's always been the issue. And when you lose your safety, now it's a bigger issue. Um, but like, I, I just don't think the sky is falling for those reasons because they're going to get better offensively, barring any more injuries. They'll have time to gel. They should have more talent offensively now than they did at the end of last year. So give them a little bit of time. They didn't start that well last season, by the way. We were still talking about the tuna can offense at this point, which Doug's been breaking out the last couple of weeks. It wasn't until well into October where they started getting a vertical game the way we became accustomed to by the end of the season. So let's give it time. This is a long season. You know, they should have won yesterday. All this, you know, we're, we're sitting here complaining about everything. They really should be 3-1 and one right now. And I know, you know, that's not the outcome of the game. But, you know, they had the game won multiple times. They had the game essentially won in overtime. And you have a team that, you know, rather than play for the tie, they go for the win. Like, you know, it's kind of a fluky game. You have these stupid 10-minute overtimes. I, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like... They were in very good position to win against a decent team on the road, and a whole series of events went against them, including poor coverage and tackling on the part of Ronald Darby. So it's not to excuse it, but like they're really close to being 3-1 and one without playing even close to their best football. I mean, Paul Domowicz gave them an F in his grades. Settle down here. You had a two and two team that was on the road and lost, you know, at the end of overtime thanks to a drive that had multiple fourth downs. And we're going to give that an F. Like we're grading on a curve here. There's a lot of bad football. Their division sucks. The only team that's looked truly impressive in the conference this year has been uh, the, Rams. the Rams. And I mean, the, Rams the Vikings are, have had the Rams are head and shoulders right now. They're un- Absolutely, okay. and that's fine. You know, they they're probably going to be they're the best team in the conference, and that'll probably be the way the whole season. But teams peak early, and I you know I'm okay 
churning a little bit for if you're going to do it, do it now, not at the end of the season. The Vikings have had stretches where they've looked awful. The Saints, you know, uh, you know, also lost to the Bucks. By the way, at home, the the Eagles' division itself sucks. Like I, I'm not that worried. The the Rams are really the only team that worry me. And you know, so you're fine. Yeah, you can't lose these games, and you're gonna have to go on a little bit of a run here if you want to remain in the conversation for a bye by the time we get to Thanksgiving. But you know, I an F like. Yeah, Come that's on. that's overreaction. But like the team on the verge of being three and one and winning an overtime game on the road. Like, let's just settle down here. Here's Not the, everything is going to be. Here's perfect. the issue, though. Like, you you need to win games like this. You have to. If if you want to get a first round bye, if you want home field throughout the playoffs, especially against what I think many will finally agree is a superior Ram, you know, Rams team. At least as of right now, they're playing in better good form. News and they, is they don't they have look, much of a home field they, advantage. They look more dangerous. You know? Yeah, I mean that's true. Um, the but, Eagles but would have want, a home game in LA. But you want well, you know, they took over Tennessee and it didn't work. Anyway, like, think back to these first four games. At any point against the Falcons, the Bucks, the Colts, or the Titans, have you sat and watching in any of these games and said this our team is exponentially more dominant and I feel 100% confident in watching them play. I haven't hit that moment yet and I know like we can talk about the fact that so many guys have been in and out of the lineup and you know like maybe that kind of does have something to do with it. But for a team that's but for a team that's coming off of a Super Bowl win for a team that you know fans were so overly hyped about, you know, being the best in the conference again, I think we've seen so far that they're they're not there yet and maybe they will be. I, I really do think, though, that you're underrating or you're underselling the problems with the offensive line. And I don't want to, you know, like do this long, you know, circle and acution back and uh, back and forth. But, you know, but when, these when, guys you talk, are when you talk, when you talk, Jason. when you but when you talk about skill position guys and them being in and out, like the issues yesterday weren't timing. The issues were not being able to create a good enough pocket for Carson Wentz to have four seconds without getting touched. And that, Titans to me, like... they're a good defense. It happens. They're, they're a decent defense. Th- these yes, guys are be, proven, Russ. I mean, Brandon Brooks, Lane is, Johnson, is awesome. Jason Kelsey. Yes. Hold on. Jason Peters, even though you don't like him. Like, these guys are... This isn't like, oh, I think these guys should be good. The cream will rise to the top unless all of them are just due for their worst seasons ever. So, you know, I mean, their line was at times the right side of the line last year was historically good, a dominant. I mean, Lane Johnson, I've seen people argue that he was one of the he was maybe the best player in football last year by the end of the season, the way he was playing. So unless all these guys are due for a specific regression at the same time, the, I don't think the offensive line is that much of a concern. I just think offensively, we are completely discounting consistency, whereas by the end of last season, they had a really good thing going and they were clearly on a roll and they were Patriots level plug and play. This guy's goes down. We're going to plug this guy in all the way to the quarterback. Right. And it, they had a two game blip and and then they got right back to where they were. The beginning of the season, that's a different situation, just trying to plug guys in in September because you're not a well-oiled machine yet. You still have to improve as a team. Yes, they ha- there's definitely a Super Bowl hangover. It happens. So I, I don't know. Like I, if, if it's October 31st and they're still playing this way, then yeah, we face it and say, yeah, they're just not that good. Um, but I'm, I'm like... You know, I, I'm more disappointed than anything that they had a relatively easy schedule here and they lost to the Bucks and the Titans. Like, this was a really good chance to start the season three, three and one. one. Yep. And especially when you beat Atlanta. And, you know, that it hurts. They, they caught, they lost the, they blew a game. Like, when you say these are the games you need to win, you're going to lose close games occasionally, but you need to lo- win those close games against teams that you should beat. That's a problem. Yep. 
I agree. We got a little gritty in us for two uh, minutes. I gotta go. Well, okay, you do? real real fast. I, I think gritty deserves a uh, a Wednesday conversation. I think there's a lot more to uh, to what you want to talk about with gritty. Yeah, and to be clear, we don't want to sit here and rail. We know we're like a week late, but I think there's a really good, like, interesting, uh, you know, interesting place that fits in and how the Flyers are do some serious amount of credit for, I think, understanding the joke before any of us did. Uh, yep. So, yeah, we could save that for So, we'll, we'll talk about Gritty on Wednesday, and, of course, uh, we'll have to do a post-mortem on the uh, the Philly season, which has now come to a, 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 a whimper. They've gone out with an absolute whimper, and they finished under 500, and... Uh, we'll have to talk about that on Wednesday. We'll do a little bit more Eagles. Sixers, we didn't get to Fultz. Uh, we didn't get to how they looked against Melbourne. We'll get to that on Wednesday as well. Uh, how Fultz didn't get all, not one of his buckets was would have been an open shot in the NBA, okay. in, in an NBA game. All right, we'll talk about um, this on Wednesday. Hey, can we tell you about Tropicana Sports? Yeah, let's do that. Do you want to do the read, or would you like me to do it? Well, you know what? We can do I'll whatever. Do I'll you do go ahead. So, so let me tell you a little bit about Tropicana Sports. Uh, so the folks over at Tropicana Sports in Atlantic City uh, have a really cool free, free-to-play, free-to-win. Uh, hold on. Daily and weekly competitions. You can go in and you can pick. Uh, usually it's some random games. It could be like five baseball games. It could be MMA. It could be golf. It could be a very uh, variety of things. But there are ultimately prizes that you can win uh, with absolutely no money down. This isn't something where you like download an app and you have to throw in like $30 to play. Nay, nay. It's all free. Just pick some random games and you can be entered to win. If you uh, finish at the top of the, of the leaderboard, you can win things such as uh, a, a voucher for a meal at, down at the casino or at Chickies and Pete's. They've done it before um, for 10 people. I think it was like a, a big meal. They've done things where you can win a suite. You can win an ocean view suite. So all you have to do is click on one of the ads on crossingbroad.com. Uh, for Tropicana Sports, it'll route you to the page. Pick some games, try to win. Life is good, and uh, it's nice. And if you are in a state, and and again, if you're not in New Jersey, where uh, sports betting has been legalizing, you're in a state like PA, and you want to maybe hone your skills for the experience of uh, betting against the spread, then this is a free, totally free game and a way to understand kind of those concepts uh, if, if this is something you're new to. So you could be in PA, Delaware, New York, doesn't matter where you are. You could play with Tropicana Sports to win great prizes while also honing your skills and learning a little bit about, uh, you know, how to play if and when there is uh, real money involved. So thanks to Tropicana Sports for sponsoring us. You can go to crossingbroad.com, hit any of the Tropicana banners, uh, that are on there. There's quite a few. We have a few posts where they're linked to as well. So, uh, yeah, please check them out. And thanks to them for sponsoring the show. And also a big thank you to Amerigas. The uh, the grill giveaway contest has uh, run out. We'll be probably running a new one uh, soon for October. Um, but just so you're aware, if you've already entered at uh, crossingbroad.com forward slash Amerigas, uh, we'll be drawing a winner probably in the next week or so. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. So big thank you to Amerigas, the nation's number one propane provider found locally at Home Depot and 7-Eleven and at thousands of locations across the country. All right. Uh, go check out the other shows across the Crossing Broad Podcast Network, including Crossed Up, a Phillies podcast with Bob and Anthony. Snow the Goalie uh, with Anthony and myself. Uh, over the weekend, we dropped... The uh, newest episode where we did the interview with Jordan Wheel talked about uh, crazy New York fans drinking beers out of prosthetic legs. So go check that out. Uh, of course, Crossing Broad FC and It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia. Uh, Kevin and I talked a little bit about the U.S. Open Cup final and then the Union went out and lost 3-0. So that was a, uh, a poor result. Anyway. And uh, also today, I would uh, tell you to go check out ClaytonFootball.com and we could talk uh, Wednesday about my role on that. Okay. Sounds good. John Clayton getting back in the saddle. It's nice. All right. Uh, for Kyle, I'm Russ. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Enjoy.